Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you listen to any podcast, hopefully this one, or any other type of video or anything with audio, there's no better way to do it than with Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and get this, they will never, ever budge. Trust me, I know that's really annoying when you have these earbuds that move and fall out of your ear. Raycon's will not do that. Trust me. They give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. That's a lot of Spark Plug podcasts. Um, they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of all these other audio brands. With over 50,000 five-star reviews, you can trust Raycon's Everyday Earbuds. Raycon's Everyday Wireless Earbuds include three customizable sound profiles. I know for me, when I use my earbuds, mainly it's for music most of the time, and being able to match different sound profiles to the different kind of music and the sounds you're listening to, it's a great thing. Also, your earbuds, noise cancellation. Raycon has some of the best noise cancellation in the business. You can block out anything from noisy coworkers to a loud family life to your annoying dog to basically anything. Raycons have some of the best noise cancellation in the game really so personally i have used the raycon earbuds before the everyday fit is my favorite version um it's amazing to use at work school the gym really wherever whenever um it's portable the charging case is amazing um and my favorite part of the raycon earbuds is the noise cancellation then i don't have to hear people which people are annoying so yeah Thank you, Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com today and use our the Basketball Podcast Network code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. The already low price combined with the 15% you get from listening to this podcast, it's an unreal deal. Less, almost, I believe, less than half the price of some of the premier AirPods at the top of the market, if you know what I'm talking about. Go to buyraycon.com now and use the code TBPN15 and get your own pair of some of the best, if not the best, wireless earphones on the market. Can't beat it, folks. Thank you to Raycon for sponsoring this episode of the Sparkplug Podcast. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sparkplug Podcast, episode 17. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Andrew, otherwise known as Thunder Random on Sitter. On Sitter? What? On Twitter? Say hello, Andrew. Hello. I'm also joined by my other amazing ho- what the heck co-host Trey Man Burner, <laughs> otherwise known as OKC Flow on Twitter. Say hello, Trey. 
Yo, 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 what's up? We are here today to bring you guys some awesome NBA content as always. Uh, we are going to be doing our pre-season expectations for hopefully all 30 teams before the season gets going. So we're going to get right into it with the Atlantic Division, which is in the Eastern Conference. Um, consists of some spicy teams this season, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, Toronto Raptors, and the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to give our expectations uh, for all these teams. I don't know how Andrew and Trey are going to do this, but me personally, I'm going to rank all my teams into four rankings. One, contender. Two, dark horse. Three, or no. Um, one contender, two, playoff lock, three, playoff slash play-in, and four, bottom tier. That is what I'm going to rank my teams in. Um, of course, there's only uh, five teams, but that's how I'm going to rank mine going forward. So, yeah. Um, who wants to segue us in? Who wants to go first? I will. All right, pick a team and let's hear it. So, pretty, I'm going to just do a little overview real quick. All right. What I'm going to do? To help out this and get it more formatted, I'm gonna go for the ro- I'm gonna go for the off season moves, and then I'm gonna go for the roster in general, and then we can talk about what we expect from the players, how we expect the team to do, and then rank them like Max said. So let's start off with probably well the past Eastern Eastern Conference champions, the Boston Celtics. So. The Celtics just made the finals, lost to the Warriors. Um, we're looking to add some more pieces, uh, and they started off well with it, trading for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they traded Sam Huser, Luke Cornett, or they re-signed Sam Huser and Luke Cornett, and they traded Daniel Tice, Mikhail Fitz, Juwan Morgan, Aaron Nimesif, Nick, well, how do you say it? Nick Stauskas? Nick Stauskas? Yeah, Nick Stauskas. Yeah, okay. Nick Stauskas. And a 2023, or 2023 first-round pick for Malcolm Brogdon. Overall, I would say that that's an amazing move. Yes. Do you guys agree? Yes. I I believe so, yeah. One of those Marcus guys. Smart at the point guard is yeah. not how you win games. So. Um. In my opinion, the reason it's just the best, the the what makes it such a good move, in my opinion, the best thing that makes it a good move is that not it's not proper grammar, but y'all get what I mean, um, is the fact that one of those guys was lucky to break the rotation on a game to game basis, and that being Aaron Neesmith. He was lucky to, I mean, he wasn't in the rotation, like he was lucky to get in a game, you know, consecutively. Um, he was lucky to get close PT. Um, and I think it's just a great move trading, was it four people? Like four guys that aren't in your rotation for somebody that, if healthy, will be a starter. It was five people in five the first people. round pick. Well, either way, um, none of them really played rotation minutes, and they got a starter out of it. Uh, nee Smith, yeah, just fact-checking myself, he played 52 games, which is a notable amount of games, but only played 11 minutes per and shot less than 40% from the field. So I'm going to go ahead and say he was not a rotational piece as of that season. He can obviously still get better. He's 22, but I think it's the right move for Boston going forward. Just seeing their core and how they've already made the finals, 
Um, I think that was a good move. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Celtics, it's a, it's a really good move for the Celtics. I mean, obviously, Marcus Smart at point guard is never going to, I don't know. Just Marcus Smart is not a true point guard. And in the finals, the reason they lost, I mean, outside of the obvious struggles from Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, they just didn't have anybody to really run any kind of real offense. So it's kind of just a dish the ball down low to Jason Tatum and watch him take a jab step fade away over somebody's face and somebody's mouth. And he, you know, he went three of 19. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's if they want to get back there and they want to do that, they needed a pure point guard to run some kind of real offense for them. And Marcus Smart, just while being a fantastic defender, is not exactly a pure point guard. So it's a fantastic move. They gave up minimal assets, picked up somebody who could be extremely, extremely, extremely valuable for them. Perfect. I, I like it a lot too because a lot of people don't realize how young Malcolm Brogdon still is. He's only 29 years old. So it's not like he's way off on the track of the Celtics age around. Yeah. He's one year older than Marcus Mark. So they're still getting to stay below 30 with another young guy. Guy can be there three or four years. Yep. Um, the other two, the other move that they made was signing Danilo Gallinari, uh, but sadly, it was a torn Achilles. ACL, I think. ACL. Sadly. Tore either his Achilles or ACL. Won't be able to play, um, sadly. Prayers but they also Gallo, did. Man. Yeah. Prayers is the Gallo. Um, they did sign Hifondo Cabangali, which can be a nice bench center and G League player if they need him to be. And then the other like main move they made was drafting JD Davison. I don't know much about him, so if you guys got notes on JD Let us know. You guys can come in. Yeah. Um I do yeah. not, so don't ask me. From what I've heard, he's gonna be a G League player. Um but the, they didn't they really didn't make a splash move besides Brogdon, which this isn't a team where you needed to go out yeah. and make a splash. They attacked their needs with Brogdon and Gallinari, but same the thing with Gallinari. Um, but overall, what are you guys projecting their starting five be? You th- you think Brogdon's going to start over? Assuming Mark? assuming he's healthy. Um, yes. I, I, well, uh, I don't know. They also have, they still, they still do have Derek White as well. Yeah, Derek White is coming off the bench in my opinion. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and fast forward to when Robert Williams is healthy. So this will be my lineup once he's healthy. You obviously got JT and JB, um, and then you got Robert Williams. Yeah, Robert Williams at the five, um... And now you could also, you could also slide everyone down one, JB3, JT at the four, Robert Williams at the five, Malcolm Brogdon at the one, and Marcus Smart at the two. You could do that. I feel like, I feel That's like, probably 
I what I see them doing until Robert Williams is back is Brogdon at the one, Kismet at the two, JB at the three, Jason Tatum at the four, and having Porter run the five. Yeah, I, I think I see, that'll be so. what it will be until they're healthy. But once they get healthy, I think it's going to be the lineup that I uh, I said. Um, where Brogdon. It's Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Williams. And then you have a yeah. really nice, you know, Derek White, Al Horford. Um, Grant Williams. Yes, Grant Williams. Just so many, such a Peyton deep team Richard. over there. Yeah, it's just such a deep team in Boston, man. Um, filled with really good players. Um, it's such a shame that they that Gallo got hurt, man. It's such a shame. Such an act, like, it kills me. He was going to destroy over there, man. He was going to kill it. Yeah, and they're also they're also down another very key piece to their title run last season. <sighs> Head yeah. coach. Yeah. Adoku is a boom. Emi Adoka is out for the season due to some. Ime Udoka. I hate Udoka. his name. Udoka. You. Can we just have a whole episode of Andrew trying to Ime bring Udoka. Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka. It's Ime Udoka. Udoku. Oh my god. Ime Udoku. Okay. I hate all of you. Okay. Ime Udoka. This is, why are you bullying a small child right now? This is not fair. I'm not bullying you and you're not a small child. Continue. <laughs> Uh, the Celt, the Boston Celtics former head coach. He is uh, not the head coach anymore for reasons I'm sure everybody knows, and we do not need to talk about in public. Yeah, uh, not a great dude. That that hurts because he is a good basketball dude, and uh, when you're a basketball team, you need good basketball dudes to run a good basketball team. I don't know how good the Celtics interim head coach will be who hopefully has a name easier to pronounce well, I don't know if you can pronounce it it's Joe Joe Mazula 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 yeah Joe Mazula off to a good start Joe Joe Mazula nice Uh, yeah that sucks I don't think the Celtics I think the Celtics are going to be like I'll do my prediction first Uh, in Max's four categories I think they'll be a playoff lock probably will be the Celtics of old where they make it to like the second round and get swept or gentlemen swept by a team that's way better than them. Yeah, that's basically what I see happening. A lot of talent, but I think another new head coach who has nothing proven puts another big ceiling on this team. The The ceiling that the coach who shall not be named surpassed in his first season I don't think the Celtics get lucky like that again and strike gold on the head coach. Yeah, I think the loss of Emi Uduka uh, is really going to hit him hard. Oh, Jesus. Honestly, I, I think it's really going to hit him hard. I'm going to have a nightmare. Yeah, I, Emi Uduka I, really played a huge part in their offense and defensive schemes. Yeah, and but I don't. for my prediction, I don't think you guys realize it's still the same scheme. It's just not yeah, Emi anymore. Yeah. And with the amount of power that is on this roster, it's not like they're bringing someone from the outside. It's still the same scheme. 
the players know how to run the scheme. I definitely don't don't think they would be as dominant because in the first part of the season. Because That's they what I was going to say. I think they're going to be really but, slow to start off because I think there's a huge I, like morale decline right now. Like everybody's just bummed out. I I still see them being contender, especially when they get healthy. They have Robert Williams. I see them as a contender. Yeah, I see them as. A I was a, Go ahead. Yeah, uh, they're definitely. I see like a five or six, at best. Honestly, I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust a new head coach to come in and be able to juggle all that talent. I see. Especially them. with those personalities. I mean, Marcus Smart is a personality. I don't know. I, I think there's just a lot of factors there. I see them as a lower tier contender. Like, if we're doing this like on an actual tier list, like you know, on that website, and you drag them in order, they're probably one of the bottom two teams in the contender list. But they're in the contender list for me, just because they are the defending Eastern Conference champions. I mean, their roster got better, um, just from a pure roster standpoint. But the loss of a head coach does definitely play a part in a team. I mean, obviously, like Trey said, it's going to be the same scheme. But I, I do think that they'll start off very slow this year just because it's been crazy for them. I can only imagine, you know. I mean, all of this stuff probably got released to them as it got released to us. And, like, within, like, a 24-hour period, um, they had found out that their coach had done something inside the organization that was not good and they found out that they wouldn't have that said coach for a whole year and now they're finding out that his future is in question and they're finding out that they're going to have an interim head coach obviously as well and i and and obviously most of what i seen from their media day thing today was that they were optimistic you know they're optimistic they've had a relationship with this guy but i still think it's going to be a little bit rocky to start that's my opinion i put them as a lower tier playoff, I mean, uh, championship contender. And with that being said, we're going to move on to a uh, another team with a lot of question marks around them, the Brooklyn Basketball Nets. Um, to say that this off season was a roller coaster of emotions would be the understatement of the century. Um, so let's start off with some of the transactions that happened. Um, in June, at the draft, they traded or they acquired Royce O'Neal from Utah for a first-round pick in 2023, and then later into July, they signed T.J. Warren and re-signed Nick, uh, Nicholas Claxton. Yeah, Brooklyn Nets are a team really that uh, even at their best, never even at their best the last few seasons, never really lived up all that much to what they were supposed to be. I agree. You know, even with Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. I mean, one of them was injured, probably Harden. I don't remember which one. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been extremely, while extremely talented, extremely disappointing, and extremely uneventful, and have been signing a lot of former All-Stars for some reason. And here's my thing. Two, if you think about it, when they traded for James Harden, we literally thought this was like 2018 Warriors level super team. Like, as, like, not just us three, but like, as a, how do I put this? 
as a general consensus of the public, of the NBA fans and media, everybody thought this team was for sure finals lock. And while, yeah, they had injuries, they were all three healthy for the Bucks, and they lost in Game 7, which I know it was like by the skin of Kevin Durant's teeth, or I guess his toenails in this instance, but, you know. His big toe. Yes, his big toe, but... It's it's really crazy when you think about it. Like I remember finding out they traded for Harden and being like, "Oh my gosh, this is a championship!" Like these three guys are on the same team. You know, it's crazy. And then and then nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, not even a finals appearance to show. It's crazy. Also, not a single thing. To note, thing. Um, the Nets lost Bruce Brown this year. Something that went really under the radar, in my opinion. Um, such a good impact player. So good defensively. Can literally be a role man, like, in terms of being a screener as a guard. Rebounds well, defends really well, and got his three-point percentage up a little bit above 40 this year. Went from 28% to 40% from three. Um, yeah, that's definitely a, a big loss. Um, and yeah, shout out did to Denver, too. Big points. gain there for him. They did get TJ Warren. Yes, I like that signing a lot. Um, so I like I like Nicholas Claxton a lot. I see him playing the five. Um, yeah. for them, and then the other elephant in the room, Ben Simmons. Huge wild card. Well, we're are we finally going to see Ben play basketball? Yes. And if we see Ben play basketball, is he going to play at a Average starter, a below average starter. He's definitely above average All starter. Star. At the least, above average starter. Okay, but this is a man who hasn't played basketball since what playoffs? The 2021 playoffs? Yeah. And the last time we saw him, he passed up a wide open dunk. But that sold his team the chance of winning. Here's- so he's now not played basketball for two seasons. Dealt with injuries while not playing basketball. Here's my. Thing. I'm not saying I. I'm optimistic for Ben, but to say that there isn't a chance where we see Ben play as an average starter or a below average starter for the first half quarter of the season is not a big what if. It's well, yeah, very agree. possible that we're going to see that. I agree. And, yeah, anything has a chance to happen for sure. Um, like you said, he's a wild card. Yeah. But um, another thing. After ben, after, here, here, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, the thing about the layup, it was bad. It was really bad. But, and hear me out on this, I th- it was really bad. Like, it was in crunch time, in the playoffs, in the fourth quarter. Um, he was already playing passive. He's supposed to be the second option on the team. But I don't think it's going to affect him like that. Like, this man knows how bad it is. He was on J.J. Reddick's podcast, if y'all don't listen to that. After you're done with this podcast, listen to that one. Um, on the episode, they, they had Ben Simmons on there like a couple weeks ago, maybe even just last week. And he said, yes, it was really bad. It was really bad. Um, but I don't think it's, like, going to haunt him. Like... I know it was a bad play, but it was just one play. 
And it's not like it was on a game-winning possession or it, like, was a game-changing turnover. Like, yeah, it was... They got foul shots. I think, if I'm guessing, Matisse Thiel will probably at least miss one of them. But, um, you know, just... And I don't know how to say it because it was important turnover, but I think it was blown out of proportion by the media. I think Joel Embiid really did throw him under the bus a little bit. Um... And I know that like plays like that can change morale. I know a highlight poster dunk can boost morale in a comeback. Just yeah, as I know, uh, uh, how would I say this? Like a game clinching turnover can kill morale. But I don't what think. I, what, hold on. Can I just say one thing about the morale? Yeah. I think my thing with Ben passing up that dunk, it was showing that Ben had given up on himself at that point in the game. You said. Like you said, Ben had been playing really pacifist and hadn't been trying to be aggressive. But at that point in the series, Ben had given up on himself, so the rest of the team gave up on him too. So that's why Embiid, quote-unquote, threw him under the bus, is because he gave up on himself and the fans gave up on him before his teammates gave up on him. Well, I can see why you think that, but... Ben also talked about this on the pod. I don't think he knew that he was going to be open. Like, he he did a post-spin, basically, and J.J. Redick has said this multiple times, and he said it to Ben, and Ben basically said he was spinning into a jersey. He didn't know Trey Young was going to be the help defender. And um, I, I can't quote exactly what he said, but basically I think the, the, the dumbing down of it was he didn't know he was going to be that open. Which, again, that still doesn't confuse it. I mean, uh, confuse it, my goodness. It doesn't excuse it, but because it was really bad. But I don't think it's to the point where it's going to affect him now. Like, I don't think that play is going to haunt him the rest of his career, and he's going to be an average starter uh, for a long time and just, like, play out the rest of his days as a role player. I, that's not the case, in my opinion. I don't think it's like a... Uh, you know, my, my, Michael Jordan ruining Muggsy Bogues' career by calling him short. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's like that. You know, whether that's even true or not, I don't really know. But um, I don't think it's like that either. But all I'm saying is that I do not expect him to go into opening night and expect him to show out like people have been. Yeah, saying. no, I don't think it's no, 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 no. no. Yeah, me. And either. I don't expect it for weeks. I can see him maybe going. For like twelve to fifteen, five and four for a couple weeks, That's and a... be an average. With Ben's height, he's gonna play to four, and Nicholas Claxton, he's not very much of a. He's Ben's gonna be the one getting the rebound, not KD. So, and Ben, we know his passing ability. And you're, I know what you're going to say. That's good, but that is not the level of play that we have seen Ben play and that the Nets need him to play. Yeah. I think the, the rust that he's going to feel, like as me and you were saying, I think it'll be accelerated how fast he shakes that off because of he's playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, if they instill confidence in him and all that good stuff, they can really make it easy for this man to get back in the groove because he can find them in their spots. And, and you know, 
obviously he has IQ. We all know Ben Simmons can pass the ball. Um, and like you said, playing the four, and hopefully, I'm really hoping I see some Ben Simmons at the five, and I don't doubt one bit that we will. There, it would be a crime if we didn't get at least, you know, a few minutes here and there of Ben Simmons at the five. Um, well, I definitely see that because I see one lineup they have is rolling out is Kyrie at the one, Joe Harris at the two, TJ Warren at the three, oh man, that'd be Katie so crazy. at the four, and then Ben at the center. That'd be so crazy. That's definitely a lineup I can see getting ran out there. Man, and if it's not TJ Warren, if it's not TJ Warren at the three, it's Joe Harris at the three, Seth Curry at the two. Could you imagine a five out Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons pick and roll? My goodness. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine that? Like, like as we said, also, the rust is shaking off. Oh, my goodness. They also have Cam Thomas on the bench. Yeah. They have Sharp there, too. They have Patty Mills. They have... Um, they can shoot the rock, dude. There's no question. Yeah. They can shoot the ball. Uh, but, no, you'll finish up my, my projected lineup. I think it's going to be Claxton at the five, Ben at the four, Katie at the three. And I think Joe Harris takes the number two spot. I don't think people realize how much of an impact Joe Harris has on the court for the Nets, and we saw it last year. They were missing that spot-up shooter. And that's another reason I think they liked getting Seth Curry with Ben a lot, is because Seth uh, took that Joe Harris spot and did what they needed Joe Harris for. And now that Joe is back, I do think he'll start. I do think... Joe will start, but I don't think he's going to just get all the minutes. I think they're going to yeah. switch the round a lot between him, Seth, and Cam. Yeah. Andrew, what and do you think obvious, <laughs> And obviously Kyrie F1. Yeah. I feel like the Nets are a pretty solid team, in all honesty. They're just like really, I don't know if I trust them to be consistent or perform in the playoffs despite having Kevin Grant, Kyrie Irving. I don't think I trust them right now. It feels like they're missing a lot of pieces and they're overloaded at a lot of the same. Like they have an overload of shooters. They have an overload of ball handlers. But there's a lack of defense. There's a lack of rebounding. There's a lack of an interior presence at all. Like, I, is there anybody playing center for the Brooklyn Nets? Nick Claxton, and Ben Simmons. Like, Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons. I don't know who they're. Ben, ben is up to two forty. Ben, Ben's ben a is six eleven up to two forty. Ben is a glob. He's played at high. My boy. Dayron Sharp is six <laughs> nine up to two sixty five. That's a boy. Chunky. I'm. That boy is Zion. <laughs> But no, but I'm not really saying like Ben Simmons is tall. I'm saying like Ben Simmons is. If you really want to go there, you can roll out the dinosaur himself. Oh God, Lamarcus Aldridge. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I just I don't know. Nicholas Claxton missed 18 free throws or something like that in the game. That was really funny. I mean, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But it was still funny. Well, no, I mean, I get that. I mean, like, you obviously, if a guy's going to do that, you can't play him in the playoffs in crunch time. So, I mean, that does have something to do with it because you said who's going to play the five. Um, but I don't know. There's not a whole lot of defense, uh, especially on the perimeter. 
on the interior, it sounds like they have a few bodies that can do some damage. But on the perimeter, they have nobody. Yeah. Ben Simmons can't play every position ben at the same Simmons time. Be at their wow. Four people at the same time. DJ <laughs> Warren. DJ <laughs> will definitely DJ, help the perimeter a little. Perimeter a little bit, but I don't know still. what TJ Warren is going to look like. Are we going to get I, bubble? If we get bubble TJ okay. Warren, the Nets are winning the finals and going eighty-two and out. Sixteen and zero in the playoffs, eighty-two and zero in the regular season. You bubble like, Warren was dropping fifty every game. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, we do need to wrap the Nets segment up though because we went way over on their segment. Oh, thank you. Uh, the Nets are a. There's just lock. too much to talk about for them. Playoff lock. The Nets. Give it to me. The Nets are almost. They're almost a playoff lock. They could. They could probably have their whole own episode of us just talking about them. Probably. Yeah, because the Nets. The Nets could be one of the best teams in the league, or they could be at the and bottom fight one of the way in again. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, you got no idea. But I'm gonna say that they're almost a playoff lock. I think they'll be fighting think- for the seven or eight. And the East Fair. is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. They have the Celtics, and they have the 76ers, and they have the Raptors. Seg, wait, hold a sec. Let's just, we'll move on. Okay, we'll move on. The Knicks are mid. They're That's all I have to kind say. of just banking on, like, superstar improvement from R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes. <laughs> I mean, and like, Jalen Brunson to be playoff. Yes, Jalen Brunson as well. Yes, which I mean, all these. Oh, let me let me talk about talk about the, tra- the transaction, and then we'll get into it. So, and the draft. Well, five first round picks. You you True. cut you cut out. Oh. Hold on, we should probably cut that. Hold on. Where? Uh, just after you said. Um, do the transactions again. Yeah, just say a, a, resume after. Let's get in the transactions. Then we'll get into it. Three, two, one. Um. So yeah, with the transactions that they did in at the draft, they traded the twelfth pick. Was it was twelfth pick? Yep. Or thirteen. Twelfth or thirteenth pick. So, okay. Come Jang. Yeah, quote un, unquote for five first round picks. Not true. Most of those picks won't. Uh, it was, it was three, called? wasn't it? It was three, right? Two well, there's five, and two of them won't. Um, what's Wait, it called? I thought it, I'm pretty sure it was three. Also, it was eleventh. I thought it was twelve. But was I don't know. It was a lot of first round picks, but most of them won't even um, play over the real first round picks. Um, so they did that. Everyone shocked by that. And then they traded Noel and Alec Burks. More draft. More draft picks. And did they get a player in that trade, too? In... I have no clue. Um... I don't see it on ESPN, so I'm going to say they didn't. If it's not on All ESPN, it probably didn't happen. Yeah, just consideration. Um, and then they signed Isaiah Hartenstein Hart- like and one. Mitchell Robinson. And then the big move of the offseason for them was signing Jalen Brunson to a 
very, very large contract. Um, and then they also re-signed R.J. Barrett um, to a rookie scale extension. So where do you guys want to start with the Knicks? I just want to start out by uh, saying um, thank you for Usman Jang. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. Thank you. Um, also, Jalen Brunson is a very notable signing. Um, with all the things that have happened overpaid. this offseason. Yeah, probably a little bit of an <laughs> overpay. Um, I kind of like, it just kind of like slipped my mind that they even acquired him. But they did get better, but not enough to make a big mark, in my opinion. It didn't make them better than any of the big contenders, obviously. And I don't really think it made them better than even teams like the Hawks and even like a team like the Heat that didn't really get any better. I still don't think it makes them better than the Heat. Like, not nowhere close, you know? And I, I just, R.J. Barrett's good. You can bank on him to get better. You can bank on Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, all them to get better. But I still don't think it propels them to the point of being even a playoff lock. So this one's pretty easy for me. Give me a lower playoff to play in spot for the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. with pretty much what you said. That's what it sounds like the Knicks are gonna be this year. Um, I on paper I like their roster. I like R.J. Barrett. I li- I like Jalen Brunson. I like Cam Reddish if he gets playing time. I like Quickly. I like Mitchell Robinson. I like Derrick Rose. Yeah. It's just they're young and there's a lot of questions around coaching. Tom Thibodeau is still the coach for the New York Knicks. Um and also a lot of questions about the the man that was supposed to be like the guy in Julius Randle. Um but on paper, they have a young roster that can work out. It's a question of if it's going to work out this year and a question if it's going to work out, out at all. Um, but no, for the lineup, I think it's going to be obviously Jalen Brunson at the one. Um, RJ at the two. Quickly at the three. Mm, no, I don't know. You guys will go with your lineup first because I don't know. All right. Well, uh, I'm just going to talk about the Knicks. Uh, yeah. They're not good. I don't know if you guys, uh, by you guys, I mean the people listening, uh, if anybody's even listening at this point in the episode. <laughs> but uh, when I play 2K, and I do a rebuild. I always seem to end up making a team that's a bunch of 81s, 83s, oh 84s, 85s. And I'm like, man, this team is really solid. I feel like they should, you know, there's a lot of really talented guys here. And then they're the eight seed and they're not good and they don't win anything and they get swept. And it's like, wow, this is just the New York Knicks. Oh my gosh, bro. The <laughs> anger behind your voice when you said swept. I was like, okay, there's something personal happened to this man with the New York Knicks. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just don't I don't feel like they're any good. I mean, there's I a lot of really solid I think you're mad at 2K and you're speaking out on the Knicks. 
goodness gracious. You know, I kind of just feel like the Knicks, they have a really a lot of solid guys. I mean, Julius Randle is solid. Uh, I mean, solid compared to his price tag, no, but he's solid. Jalen Brunson, solid compared to his price tag, no, but he is solid. Mitchell Robinson is solid. Uh, Derrick Rose is solid. Cam Reddish is not good. He is one of the uh, Come on now. Don't diss Cam like that. I do actually really like Cam Reddish. He just doesn't play. And the fact that he's not playing on any of these teams makes me think he's just not good. <laughs> the other thing with the Knicks is they just have a log jam at positions like the Mets. Like Cam right now is like the third or fourth forward on their roster because they have uh, quickly, they got Toppin. They have um, Fournier. They have R.J. Barrett. Like, a bunch of small threes that can play the two as well. So, it seems like on every roster that Cam Reddish gets buried. There's definitely something that... That is true. Yeah. Um, Oh, gosh, man. You know, another thing is... Uh, with the Knicks to go back to 2K uh, specifically with the Thunder whenever Shea hits a certain overall like a 91 or 92 or 93 and everybody around him like Baisley's peeking up in the 80s Chet I guess now usually I trade for a center like Porzingis or something like that but, like, your center's around, like, a 85, 86. Giddy's at 84, 85. Lou's at 83, 84. Uh, Poku or Bays or something like that is peaking up in the 80s. And then you got, like, 92, 93 overall Shea. Then you start to win games, you know? And the Knicks just don't... <sighs> right now, the Knicks don't have that guy. Okay, now, okay. I like R.J. Barrett. I like R.J. Barrett. Do I think R.J. Barrett is going to be a really, really good player, you know, capable of leading a, a good supporting cast to great success. I don't know. I don't know. He could. So, he could, but maybe. But know. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think he's shown something to where it's like, this is for sure going to be a guy that can do that. But he's also not done something to where it can't be like, no, he, there's no way, you know. He's somewhere in the middle there. And that's not to disrespect. I just agree, like, wholeheartedly with that. I don't know where to place him on that spectrum. I definitely think it's possible. And I don't know. I don't know. It seems like the Knicks also agree with the contract that they gave him. Yes. If they knew he was going to be the guy, they would have given him a bigger contract. But they they went with a smaller contract to see if he can produce with the people. See if they can build around him. It's still a question if he can be your number one guy, that you can be a team. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, uh, with all that, with all that being said, I think the Knicks are definitely just a straight play in, play in team. Definitely not a playoff lock, but also definitely not a bottom feeder. That's They're a play in team. They'll be, they'll be fighting for the, they'll be, yeah. they'll be fighting for the play in. I think they'll the vibe again. That's the vibe again. Twelve to ten, twelve to eight, something between there. 
Um, But with that being said, we're down to two teams left. Uh, I'll let you guys pick. You guys want to do 76ers? Do you want to do Raptors? Let's say Philly for last. Let's do Toronto. All right. Um, So, with that being said, let's go into the brothers up north, the Toronto Raptors. They did absolutely really nothing. They signed on Shea, and that was about it. Oh, gosh. Um, they really did nothing to bolster this roster into a contender. Um, I like the people on this roster, but they're not at the point where they're going to Yeah, no, they're not a contender, no. I said they're a playoff lock, though. Especially yeah. um, Nick Nurse, is he's not scared to play his guys a lot of minutes and get them to where they need to be to be in the playoffs. And, you know, Van Fleet really showed he's that guy last year. I mean, right around the All-Star break, Raptors fans were buzzing trying to get this man in the All-Star game because he was going crazy, you know, keeping them afloat. Um, and Pascal, of course, All-NBA guy this year, he's great as well. Um, absolutely two awesome players, but they're not getting you a chip. As the two best also guys love, as of now. You, you're forgetting the big guy, right? There's Scotty Barr. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stud. Stud. Um, and then you also got Precious, Achille, and you got OG, and you got Gary Trent. Yeah, like, the, I, they're a deep once team, again, too. Yeah, on this roster, once again, it's a good roster on paper. So they selected with their two draft picks uh, this offseason, Ron Harper Jr. and Christian Cloco. Um, I don't really know much about either of them. I know more about Christian Cloco, though, because I had heard from some Thunder fans that there was a guy that we could look at. He's a 7'1", 230. So another big forward to add. Team probably could play some center to a team that really doesn't have a center. They had Pascal playing center um, last year, which was crazy. They do they did get Boucher back, so that is a solid piece to keep around. So basically, the Raptors. The way I feel about it is the Raptors. This is going to sound like a diss towards the Raptors. The Raptors are trying a little bit too hard to be homegrown. And it's not really working out. It's kind of the same kind of trap I can see the Thunder falling into. Except they don't seem to be falling into it yet because they don't seem to be obsessed with players that they draft. But the Raptors... We're still building up. Yeah, and the Raptors the Raptors have a lot of homegrown talent. But, you know, there's a ton of talent and there's not a lot of... Not a whole lot of winning happening i mean they're winning games but there's not they're not they're not winning playoff games they haven't won a series in a minute i don't think have they won a i might be speaking out of line here have the raptors won a playoff series since Kawhi left i think that didn't they go to the second no they they played philly in the first round right that's when they lost to Embiid on the game winner um i got you right now hold on yeah, they lost Eastern Conference first round. Yes, no, they made the Eastern Conference semis in 1920. So they did in make... 19 in 
1920? No, 2019-2020, sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, that's the bubble, right? In the bubble? Yeah, because they were 53-19, and 19, so they played 72 games. So, yeah. That okay. was the bubble. They, uh, I see. They were 53-19, and 19, though, after Kawhi left. That's, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty but, good. But, uh... I- Really it cool. kind of feels like there's they're keeping a lot of the same talent around, but they're just not. I don't know. The Raptors have never impressed me. If you want me to be honest, I mean Pascal's pretty good. Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet is pretty good. Uh, OG Ananobi is pretty good. Scotty Barnes is pretty good. I think Scotty Barnes will end up being better than pretty good though. Oh, Something yeah. tells me Scotty Barnes is going to be an animal. But uh, I don't know. It feels like they just have a bunch of pretty good players. They're in a better spot than the Knicks. The Knicks have a lot of solid players. The Raptors have a lot of pretty good players. And the the Knicks have a lot of solid players. And also, the Raptors have a lot of versatile defenders. There's a lot of defense going on in Toronto. And I'll tell you, like, Gary Trent Jr., even Fred Van Vliet is a really scrappy defender. Yeah. Uh, Pascal... Chris Boucher is a good defender. Fred, OG Ananobi, obviously. Fred fits that, like, Kyle Lowry defensive mold. Like a smaller guard, but he's still pit bull on defense. Yeah. I like that, yeah. But I definitely like their defense. Um, But I think, in my opinion, they're a playoff lock. That's what I'm going to say. Because they're always... Winning those games in the regular season, like I said, Nick Nurse never afraid to play his guys, but I don't see them winning a championship. But they, I think they'll make a playoff lock. Ah, uh, playoff lock? I don't know. I think they're a top-end play-in team. They could end up being a top-six seed. I could see that. It could happen. I, it's not like some outlandish thing. But uh, if I had to put money on it, I would put money on them being a play-in team. Yeah. Lizzo taught me that the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> that was pretty and, You know, this is just this is just one of those times. I feel Raptors have a lot of good players, but But something is just telling me know. that they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't know what it is. Something is just uh, telling I me. I think they're, they'll make the playoffs. They're a playoff lock. That's what they're that's what something's telling me. They're a playoff lock. That's why I feel like I should be putting them. Um, I just, like you said, there's so much good defense. You can bank on Scotty Barnes to get better, for sure. Um, and, like, Freddie V and Pascal are no duo to scoff at. They're good. Uh, they're, yeah, not, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not, like, two I best think, players on a championship team good, but they're good. Um, the big thing we're forgetting is that they signed Bo Cruz. Championship income. Ah! Over. <laughs> Okay, also, uh, all they need now is um, Adam Sandler. Nick Nurse, loving Raptors guard depth at camp and hopes to scale back on Fred Van Fleet's minutes. So I did say that he loves to play his guys. Um, maybe he does scale back on the minutes a little bit, but I still think they play him guess, in minutes. I guess we're wrong for Junior. Oh, yeah, he must be looking real saucy. Must be looking like his dad out there. Um, Sixers. Okay, Philadelphia 76ers. I'm about to dive into this. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in the offseason. Can I just, in the before, off- we start, before we start, I just want to say shout out Charlie Brown Jr. Didn't even realize Charlie he was Brown. on the team. He's on the roster, though. 
Charlie Brown Jr. deserves a roster spot at all times. Okay, anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the 76ers are a good team. Tobias Harris, Joel B, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. Those are four. Uh, I know y'all can't see this, but like I was doing the thing where you like hit the top of your fingers one by one and add a finger every time when you count. And I only got the three fingers. I don't know how that happened. But, uh, yeah. I said Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, and Joel Embiid, and I counted three. So, I don't... Maybe I'm not qualified to talk basketball. But, anyways... James Harden said he lost 100 you pounds know, today. 100? Whoa, know. chill. He said he lost 100 pounds while yeah. snickering, oh, yeah. uh, which means he didn't lose yeah. any weight. <laughs> <laughs> so James Harden didn't lose any weight, oh, which I mean means he's still a top-tier playmaker in the NBA, but not can't really be relied on to be a 40-point scorer like he has been in the past. Tyrese Maxey is a really solid two-guard. One thing you'll notice on the 76ers team is that there is no defense. Matisse! And the one the one defensive player they have in Can't Matisse Seibel is, so, is so absolutely putrid on offense, they would rather play hey, Furkan Korkmaz. You're, no, you're forgetting someone. Don't just PJ Tucker like that, bro. No, PJ Tucker's a good Oh, player. I forgot TJ, TJ, TJ. I forgot PJ Tucker's TJ on Warren. that team. Is that you? TJ Warren, is that you? Oh, no, not TJ Warren. I got a hot take about TJ Warren is just, TJ Warren is a hobo's Tobias Harris. I got, I, I, I got, a, I got a kind of a hot take about Philly. I mean, it's, it's going to be a hot take depending on who you talk to, but I've got them in the contender tab. Okay, um, I can do that. I have them over the Heat. The Heat lost PJ. Oh, God. The Heat lost PJ. They did nothing really to get better. They got Walmart Jokic, the the, the Nikolai Jokic. Nikola Jovich, yes, but like, yeah, he's, like the, he's like the youngest guy in the draft. He'll probably play limited minutes, and when it comes to playoff time, I don't see him doing anything, in my opinion. He's going to be like a lot like a Poku season where he's learning and getting, you know, getting the gist of everything coming from overseas, etc. But they lost PJ. Um, Jimmy and Kyle Lauer are only going to get older. They'll, they'll still both be good. Jimmy's still going to be a superstar, but they didn't get any better. And it's not only that they lost a key player, but that key player also went to Philly. Tyrese. I mean, how much oh, can you get? This, this is like PJ Tucker is like Kevin Durant, dude. At oh. the top of his game, he just leaves to a rival, though. My no. blood is boiling. But okay, but no. PJ, how much better can you really? How hold on? How much better can you really get when you're the best team? Or you're the you have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They made what they it was it was Heat Celtics Miami conference or conference finals, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You make the Eastern Conference Finals. You lose to the Celtics, who go to the finals. And yep. 
the main piece that you lost, yes, PJ Tucker. Big loss. But you still got you brought back uh Oladipo, you still have Bam, you still have Jimmy who played like God in the playoffs. Y'all see Jimmy Butler's jerades, bro? That's gotta and be fake. And you still have Tyler Hero. You still hopefully this season you get a Kyle Lowry that plays more than fifteen minutes a game and actually produces. I think people are gonna start sleeping on the heat and they're gonna do what they did last season again. And then all of a sudden they're gonna be back into the Eastern Conference Finals. Everyone's gonna be how did this happen? They're still a good team. We'll get to the heat later. But go ahead, finish about the seventy sixers. So Okay. Jimmy is not God, but he did play good basketball. He played really good basketball. He played some of the best basketball of his career like he always does in the playoffs. But like you said, it's hard to get better when you have like, you know, you're a top team in the East and what you make the conference finals. But if they were so good and it's so hard to get better and they only made it to the conference finals and they still got beat in the conference finals and they lost one of their key pieces, I just don't... Because, see, here's the thing. This changes for me if Bam comes out and plays aggressive all 82. If they get an aggressive Bam, I'd probably take Miami. But it... At the least, it would probably be a toss-up. But my thing is Tyrese Maxey has so much room to improve, and he played so much better with James Harden last season, and now he has a full season with Harden. And Embiid is just so good, man. I mean, this guy literally averaged over 30. And none of this stuff, all this stuff I'm saying has been said before, of course. But, like, I don't, I just, the Sixers team is like, I know James Harden isn't the 30 PPG guy we once seen, but he's still, as Andrew said, an elite passer. One of the best passers in the NBA. Averaged 10.3 dimes last year. Um, and I just, man, I, it's like acquiring PJ. PJ's like the exact thing they needed. Like, even Embiid said, we need toughness. We need some toughness. They literally got one of the toughest players in the NBA. Um, my opinion. And, I mean, this guy's not going to have to put up 15, probably not even 10 points a night. He's just going to be there, play tough defense, hit corner threes, and be a leader. Um, and that's what so many teams have valued him for. The Bucks, the Heat, the Suns at one point, um, the Rockets, and now the Sixers. They also got Daniel House. Um, I don't really know what to expect from him, to be honest with you, but it's worth noting it was an acquisition. Um... I don't know, man. It's just like Embiid is like the he's the second best big in basketball. You have you literally have a top five player in basketball, maybe six. But second biggest, second best big. Yeah. So you're Third ranking best. him over Giannis or Jokic? I don't consider Giannis a big. Okay, but Giannis is a big. Gian, Giannis is pretty big to not well, be a big. Yeah, but like. He's so much more perimeter-oriented than the other guys. I've always considered him a forward, not a big. When I say big, I'm in center, the center position. Then, yeah, center. Well, okay. Well, because if you say big, yeah, these, there's going to be a misconception that you're ranking him over Giannis or Jokic. If you say big. 
Okay, well, he's the second-best mm-hmm. center in the league. Yeah. He's the second-best center in the league. James Harden is still going to be a 20-10 and 10 guy. Maybe not 10 ass- I don't know. 10 assists is very good. But it's also achievable for a guy like James Harden, especially if they give him the ball a lot. And Tyrese Maxey quietly averaged 20 points a game last year. Um, I feel like extremely quietly. Um, not quite 20. 17 and a half points, sorry. Okay, it must have been the playoffs he averaged 20. Uh, let's see here. Playoff series. Yes, he averaged 21 um, in the Eastern Conference first round and 20.2 in the loss to Miami. Um, on 50-40-95 versus Toronto. And then he, his field goal percentage and three-point percentage um, dipped quite noticeably in the Miami series. But I think he can grow. I definitely think there's a lot of room to improve for him. And like I said, he played a lot better with James Harden in the lineup. And I think if they can really unlock him, um, and, and I'm not doubting Miami by any means. Jimmy Butler's really good. He's really good. Um, and Kyle Lowry's a good veteran PG. If Bam plays aggressive, um, it definitely becomes a more intense conversation on who is better. But if we get the same Bam, give me Philly. And it's also worth saying, I'm saying Tyrese Maxey has all this room to improve. The same goes for Bam Adebayo. Bam has a lot of room to improve as well. Like I said, just just giving him some aggression. I'm I'm taking I'm taking Miami if you if he's more aggressive because 19 and 10 is really good. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Bam has had that like playoff like bomb. You know, like his most points per game in a playoff series was versus Boston in the 2020 bubble series where he averaged 22 and 11, which is really good. Um. But you, you, you guys know what I mean? You getting kind of what I'm saying? Yeah. I get what you're and saying. I, and I get that. I also – I think people are sleeping on the impact of the 76ers losing Danny Green. That's true. Danny well. Green was quietly making big impact. On That's true. Team. That's very true. And I, I definitely think they tried to – they went out and signed Daniel House as trying to replace Danny Green. But I don't think Daniel House is going to make the impact Danny yeah, Green did. Basically, slap some flex tape on a huge hole in your ship. Yeah. Proves um, <laughs> up flex to Danny Green. Is yeah, solid. But that that begs the question to ask: Is Daniel House and PJ Tucker a net positive um, impact when you take if you put the impact of Danny Green on one side of a scale and the impact of Daniel House and P.J. Tucker on the other side, which side is going to outweigh the other? Just pure impact-wise, not considering position. Uh, I think P.J. Tucker just outweighs Danny Green by himself. I, I think so. I think so as well. I think so too. Yeah. Um, but not to understate the impact of Danny Green. That's a great point, Trey, because like that's just a player that I've kind of forgot about because he got hurt. Prayers up to him, by the way. Really rough injuries. Um, praying for a great comeback from Danny Green. But give me a contender for Philly. Um, like I said, I just think, you know, they made a conference finals and Jimmy played out of his mind, but they lost a key piece 
and one of uh, another East, uh, a good team in the East, got that key piece. And I think with possibly the improvement of Tyrese Maxey, that piece, the MVP candidate, Joel Embiid, and James Harden, I think that propels them above Miami. I think it does. Unless, like I said, Bam just takes that aggression leap. And, you know, comes yeah. out, averages 23, 24 points a game instead of 19. I think you know, all that, all that being said, I feel like Philadelphia is definitely a playoff lock and probably a championship contender lock, if that was a category. Yeah, Ch- a champion, it's, it's contender and then playoff lock, yeah. Yeah, they are, yeah, they're a contender. I have a playoff lock. I still have to see James Harden and Embiid and Tyrus Matthews play at an elite level for a long period. For sure, respect that. And also, we don't know what. Like I said, with the, I said it with the uh, Nets. Even if they do end up being a good team, the division is so strong right now. It is. Um, in the East. Is really strong. It is. I don't really. To me, the biggest accusation, or the biggest uh, transaction, is getting James Harden back on a team-friendly deal, because that opens you up for years to come to get a third guy to pair up with James Harden and Embiid. Y'all think Tyrese can be that third guy? And maybe I don't think he'll be that third guy by think, by the time James Harden is still playing. That's a good point. at a high level. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't think Tyrese will be your third guy. He'll end up being your second guy because James Harden is yeah. on the decline. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying next year, with the extra salary cap from the James Harden deal. They can go out and win now with James Harden and try to find a third guy because the free agency class next year is outstanding. And they could always try to make a trade because they have guys like uh, B-Ball Powell, um, Jake Milton, Tobias Harris, and they have picks too. Man, we ain't said a trade. word about Tobias this whole time. I, I just realized that. Nobody said a word about Tobias. I think... His what do you really say about Tobias? His goodness as a basketball player is overshadowed by his heavy contract. I think that's the best way to summarize Tobias Harris as a basketball player. Like, he's good. He averaged 17 on 48% from the field. But he's getting paid like he should be averaging, like, 27 on 48%. You know? Or closer to 25 rather than 17. That's what he's getting paid like. And I think yeah. that is... Yeah, like he got paid $35 million last season. He's due for $37 million this year. And 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 let's just state, <laughs> I hate to do this to any Philly fans listening, but man, you know, your, your front office fumbled the I bag say, when they chose to buy us over Jimmy. Can I say, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the 76ers try to go out and get uh, Jeremy Grant. That would have been nice. And got... Salary dump, Tobias, add in a pick or two, and get Grant for Tobias Harris. And then you'll line up James Harden, um, Tyrese, Grant, PJ, 
and Embiid. I would have liked to see it. I that was something I was hoping to see, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I think Tobias can can be a good player, but he's he, that money. Yeah, that's another reason they had to do that James Harden contract. The money's a killer for Tobias. It really is. Too much money. That wraps up the Atlantic Division. It does. It does. Um, and I do want to clarify. By no means am I saying the Heat are going to fall off this terrible decline. I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. I do still have them as like a top-tier playoff lock. The The only thing keeping me from that contending spot is, you know, if Bam comes out and is more aggressive, you know, if I can see Bam at that 23 to 24 points per game mark, would you guys say 19 to 23 or 24 is a substantial increase? I know it's just four or five points, but you have to think of it like a – you know, like from Bam Adebayo to Shea Gil just Alexander scoring numbers type thing. Like, yeah, that would be good. Would you guys say that's substantial, or am I like overreacting yeah. to a little like three or four point per game difference? I think it is it's pretty I substantial. Think should... it's... But, uh, we'll get to hear more about it in the next episode when we do the Southeast Division. Facts. Facts. That's facts. Don't spoil anything more. They got to. They gotta wait. That's true. Oh man, this is a long one. I tell you what. Oh yeah. Um, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know um, what you guys think about our takes and whatever. What your guys's takes are, and just so y'all know, if you ever all want to talk ball with us, or you ever desire to hear what we have to say, we're always gonna respect your opinion, man. We're not. That's one of the biggest things here at this podcast, I would say is we are striving. We, we respect everyone's opinion, you know? Yeah. So never think we're going to like trash talk you guys also, for a basketball opinion or anything like that. Have, have we told them about, you know what, with the sponsorship and all that they heard? Have we, have we told them yet? No. Uh, there is an ad on this episode. Yeah. There's an ad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, with a code with a code for the basketball podcast network. Yes. TBP fifteen for fifteen percent off your Raycom wireless earbuds. Use it. They're fantastic earbuds for a great price. Part of the basketball podcast network. Yes. We are here at the basketball podcast network. Shout out to them for reaching out to us. Fantastic people. Um and we're really excited to work with some other creators. And um, expect some awesome collabs. And yeah, go check out the other. Um, sorry. Gosh, there's a stupid bug on my screen. Go check out the other awesome creators at the Basketball Podcast Network. Check them out on Twitter. Go check out all the awesome creators. There's so many awesome people. It's a part of this network. And we're really, really honored and uh, blessed. Um, God truly blessed us and lined this up for us. Really grateful. Um, I just want to say that. Very, very grateful if, you know, you know who you are, who reached out to us for this. We're very grateful. Thank you. But, yeah. Thank you, guys. And if no other further things need to be said. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you all next week. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up.